from the advertising media capital of the world, New Milford, Connecticut, wherever that is. This is Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, a bi-weekly-ish podcast about all things automotive marketing. Now, here's your host, Matt Wilson. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Automotive Marketing with Matt Wilson, the bi-weekly-ish podcast all about marketing in the automotive industry, mostly. Okay, this episode, I'm going to tell a short story, but I promise there's a little payoff at the end. It's going to be helpful for dealers, maybe give you an idea of some things you should keep an eye on, some things you can do to make sure you're getting the most out of your money, efficiency and digital advertising. But of course, it's got to start with a little story to set up uh, what I'm getting at here. And I'm going to bring in Shane Stender, uh, Managing Director at Silverback Advertising. Hi, Shane. How you doing? Hey, Matt. I am doing well. Good day to you. Yes, yes. I've told you this story off the air here. So uh, bear with me while I go through it real quick um, for the listener. And then we'll get to uh, the topic that it uh, naturally leads into. But uh, yesterday, it was a cool, crisp, beautiful New England morning here in uh, Connecticut. And at 8 o'clock, I went over to uh, 8 a.m. I went to Collins P. Huntington State Park, right? I was going to do a little mountain bike riding with a friend. And, you know, I planned for it all week, got all psyched up. Was excited for it, picked out my trails, got up early, and then 30 minutes in, I poorly navigated a downhill rock garden and like nailed my uh, knee against the pedal. And then I did an even worse job of shifting and getting myself set up for uh, an uphill section. And um, I had like way too much like torque on the handlebars on my really cheap bike, and they came loose and was not really repairable with the tools that I had. Uh, out there. So keep in mind, I also, I downsized before this trip happened, I downsized my pack uh, to a smaller camelback. And so I didn't have a multi-tool with me. My friend had a multi-tool, but I didn't have the right tool I needed to repair the handlebar. So not only did I take a cheap bike on a ride that bit off more than I could chew, but I didn't have the right equipment with me on top of that. So it's partially my fault what happened. Um, but so it wasn't fixable, right? And I had to kind of limp the car, limp the bike uh, back to the parking area to get out of there. And uh, what did I do when I first got home, Shane? My bike is broken. I like to mountain bike. What do you think the first thing I did was? I'm thinking you jumped online and you started surfing to find a new bike. You're exactly right. I did what any of us would have done. Uh, I went online, started researching mountain bikes. I said, I need a new mountain bike. Where am I going to buy it from? What kind of bike am I going to get? And I started searching and, you know, I started on Google, right? Like most people, uh, most people. Most people start on Google and I started, uh, you know, visiting, not Bing. Not Bing yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm surprised. No Bing. Um, I started on Google. I read, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, organic results, by the way, clicking on organic results, reading, ending up on a lot of websites, reading information, comparing mountain bikes, visited a couple, um, so, you know, watched a couple YouTube videos. And then as you can imagine that evening immediately started getting retargeted, right? So, uh, ads love on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Our job's so much fun. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram display, YouTube pre-roll, you name it. I was getting ads for it. Um, and one of them, uh, made me think of you because you're in Washington and this was an ad. I got a, um, it was on Facebook. It was for a, uh, a bike shop in Spokane, Washington. I'm in Connecticut. And it was a, a, uh, a video ad for a E mountain bike. 
Uh, side note, I'm not going to buy an E mountain bike because it is uh, super expensive and, you know, my wife won't let me. Um, so my, my, my thought was, first of all, okay, well, you know, this is for a bike shop with three locations in Spokane. And I'm in Connecticut, so that's like 3,500 miles away, I would imagine. So I'm not going to buy a bicycle in Spokane. So I started thinking, like, is that ad efficient for that bike shop? On the one hand, an e-bike is the kind of thing that people, like, research like crazy. It's an expensive investment. They're $5,000 plus. Um, You know, you watch videos. It's kind of a new thing in biking. So it's something that you would spend a lot of time researching. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot of new information out about them. So any videos, articles, that kind of thing, uh, that you can find on the internet, I'm sure is information that people who are in the market might be, uh, reading and taking in. But that being said, when it comes time to purchase, I'm not going to buy a bike in Spokane, Washington, because I live in Connecticut. So that place serves me a display ad. I got one yesterday and I got one this morning, uh, not display ad, sorry, a Facebook retargeting ad. So are they doing something wrong? Are they making a mistake? Does it make sense for me to be seeing the ad for the bike store in Spokane? It seems pretty interesting because like you said, you're, you're quite a distance away yeah. from there. And uh, I, I can't imagine you getting on a plane just to go check out their retail shop, you know, no. and, uh, and pick one of these babies up. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, I think that is, uh, I think that is a little bit of a challenge that a lot of advertising advertisers, especially smaller advertisers. I think as you, as advertisers get bigger, um, and as their, their knowledge of what they're doing gets, gets bigger, um, you tend to see this not happening, but, um, with a lot of small retailers, it it seems to be where I see it the most, um, especially of following people around that you definitely don't need to follow people around. Um, you know, you, you came up, you come up on the radar, right? Cause you're checking out those really cool bikes and, uh, and they want to sell those really cool bikes, but, um, you know, unless they have a, an e-commerce type of, uh, type of business model and, uh, judging from the fact that they're, you know, located in Spokane with three businesses, you know, I'm guessing that, you know, they're not a, they're not an Amazon of bikes, right. you know, right. Um, that might be the case. That might be the case where it makes sense to go, you know, all across the country or if you've, uh, or if you've got a really high price, you know, unique, um, product. And we see that sometimes in luxury, right? Luxury automobiles. And I'm talking the the super luxury, you know, automobiles. You might uh, you might retarget somebody, you know, or follow them around, you know, all across the country because, mm-hmm. you know, there's only five of them that exist, and uh, and you've got one of them. But um, with a bike, that that seems like they're missing the boat there on their geography, or at least limiting their geography a little bit. Did I say Spokane and it's pronounced Spokane? Is that true? Did I get it wrong? You did get it wrong. I was going to let you go with it all the way till the end, though. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. He said it differently than me. The thing about their ad that caught my uh, attention was that it said, um, not, the, not the first one, but the second one I got, said um, e-bike rentals available. And at this point, I, 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 don't, mm. I don't believe I had known that it was in, or no, I saw that ad and got excited. Oh, man. You know, I'm probably not going to buy one. My wife won't let me. But I could... I might as well rent one. Like I'll spend 50 bucks to rent one for the day and try it out on some trails. And then I clicked on the ad and I was like, Oh, this is cool. I'm like, well, where is this place? And I look at it and I'm like, Oh, that's in Spokane, Washington. So I feel like that's kind of a unique service maybe like being able to rent them. Cause I haven't found any bike shop in, you know, within 50 miles of me that rents that you can basically 
do a test drive on one. So that's probably unique, but that's not a, you know, renting one is even less likely of me renting one from across the country than buying one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that I would put in the category of really bad setup and, uh, and a lot of wasted dollars, you know, on their part there. So I, I, I hate to say that, but, uh, especially the the rental piece that's obviously a localized you know piece of the business and uh serving facebook ads all across the country is uh is not going to you know help procure that localized business you know you're just you're you're wasting a lot of impressions and uh and you clicked through on it so congratulations you you ended up costing them some money there yeah (laughs) all right our ads are working we got a click through but at further analysis there's no way this, this guy's in a different time zone all right. No, hopefully they would, uh, you know, in that situation, an advertiser like that, hopefully they would look beyond um, what you and I would call the vanity metrics, you know, like how many people have clicked or how many impressions did I get served up. And and I hope that they're using some sort of, you know, advertiser that's leveraging pixel technology to um, to be able to track back and say, hey, this is how many people actually, you know, came on your website and uh, and started an order. Or, you know, went to your rental location and processed, you know, an order, what we would consider, you know, generically as like a lead form, right? Because um, with without that, they're going to driving a, a lot of traffic and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, not they're not selling to you. So if, uh, if they're getting a lot of clicks from, you know, people on the East Coast thinking that it's pretty cool, um, it's not going to have a, a real return on ad spend, you know, for them at the end of the day. I feel like geography sometimes is an issue, um, whether it's with search or retargeting or display. I mean, I've ran into a couple of times pre working for Silverback where, uh, upon further examination into my, uh, campaigns for my stores that, uh, geography has been an issue. It's either been overlooked it hasn't been, there hasn't been any exclusions um, in the geography and several, you know, I can think of three or four times throughout my career where we've had ads serving to the wrong geography that like I discovered that I feel like either the person doing the work or the agency at the time probably should have discovered. Yep. Yeah. Uh, happen, it happens quite often. And just like you, I know we've, uh, I've found, uh, I've found some situations like that and you know, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's maybe the you know bad advice by by an agency, but right. uh, you know sometimes, especially in automotive, uh, you do have some individuals that like to tell you what to do, and I think sometimes that's when you end up with bad geography as well, or another way that you end up with bad geography mm-hmm. in your campaigns um, is when you're going off of gut decision instead of data, yeah. right? Hey, we need to we need to target this town that's two towns over even though my data says we haven't sold a car there in two years. Right. You know, um, you know, that type of, that type of thing. And, uh, and so you end up, um, and then you come into that situation and you look and you go, man, this is odd. Why would you be targeting, you know, over here where you're not selling any cars? So just like a lot of things, you know, let the, let the data lead, you know, the strategy. And, um, when you haven't sold someplace before and you want to sell in there, I, I think it's important to consider why you haven't sold there. You know, yeah. is it just because you haven't advertised there and advertising there is going to solve the problem, you know, or is there a bottleneck, you know, on the highway and traffic patterns just, you know, aren't in your favor um, for drawing people from that neck of the woods? You know, there's there's usually a uh, pretty good, you know, three or four reasons why those things are taking place. Um, sometimes, you know, a, a good advertising campaign 
uh, may be able to solve that. But uh, but sometimes, you know, there's other factors at play that uh, you're not going to overcome unless you change something in your business model before you do advertising. Are you a um, Instagram person? Are you, do, you, do you use Instagram? I'm a moderate Instagram user. So yes. I'm a heavy Instagram user and I love Instagram stories, right? You know, the stories at the top of, uh, yep. you click on. So I, um, and there's obviously advertising mixed in, uh, with Instagram, you know, flipping through your stories and you got, oh, here's a snarky meme from my friend and here's, uh, you know, here's a couple baby pictures and then, oh, here's an ad for, you know, whatever whiskey or mountain bike yep. or, you know, things that I'm searching. Um, and I just thought this was interesting. And I, if you've been on Instagram and then you also get ads in your feed, right? I almost never interact with ads in stories. I spend more time. Like I, I every time I'm on Instagram, I look at stories because I love stories, but I don't inter- interact with this, with the ads in stories, but I interact with the ads in my scroll feed constantly. Like I've been clicking on learn more on every bike ad that I've seen yeah. in the last 24 hours. Yeah. I think you're a little pre, uh, and, and when I say you, I mean all of us, right? We're a little predisposed to clicking on ads in the feeds because we've been doing it for so many years now, right? Right, and that's where the ads have been. So, so we're more accustomed to that. Stories is is still a little bit newer when it comes to advertisement, but I also feel like you're you're in a book, you know, to some degree in that respect, right? It's like it's like reading a, it's like if I'm reading a book, and then all of a sudden, page sixteen, you know, there's an ad you've disrupted my, you know, if, if I'm watching the story of, uh, of my friends, you know, camping vacation right. and there's an ad in the middle of it, you, you've disrupted, you know, my story there. I want to see the end of the story and, and possibly less likely to, to click on it. Um, you know, I think it, it remains to be seen if that's going to be good placement, but one of the, one of the challenges Facebook has, uh, with Instagram is they don't have as many, oppor- you don't have as many opportunities, uh, for inventory, mm-hmm. right? So they're, they're going to try to use that to double the or triple the size of their inventory um, because the news feed, you, you can only serve so many ads, you know, with the algorithm every so often before, yeah. before it's all ads. And, uh, and boy, man, I don't use it a ton, but uh, you can really tell a difference, you know, the last year versus going back, you know, three or four years. You know, another place where I've been seeing ads, I don't know if, if you use Reddit at all. Uh, I've not, are you use Reddit? I'm not, I've not been a big Reddit person. Um, but you know, maybe I'll not, not a huge Reddit person, but, uh, but familiar with it. And I tell you what, my 12 year old son though is a major user of it. Yeah. So you know, I, mean, maybe I, I get to, I get, to, I get to proof the ads that he's seeing. <laughs> I mean, maybe I go on there and I'm on like a Tom Brady fan club page or something. And we're talking about Tom Brady, you know, whatever, maybe, you know, I'm not saying that's what it is, but you know, it's possible. Um, but seriously, I, you know, Check, checking up on him in Tampa Bay, making yeah. sure he's still, uh, the goat. Yep. Hey, they're in first place. What are you going to do? Um, I, uh, but I, I just started to notice ads on Reddit and I actually was on, honestly, I was on the Howard Stern, like Reddit thread, trying to get some info if he's going to sign a new contract or not. I'm scrolling and I'm like, what the heck is this? Like reading it, it doesn't make sense. Cause most people on the Reddit feed for Howard Stern are all a bunch of like snarky, angry. He used to be cool and now he's not people. So I'm like, what is this? And I realized before I was halfway through reading it, it was an ad. So I don't know if that's new to Reddit, but it's new to me. I, you know, I look at Reddit, you know, every couple of weeks and that was really interesting because it looked like an article. Like I had to look like it, I didn't notice it was an ad until I had read about half of it. And I was like, wait a minute, this is an ad. That seems like a new spot. Yeah. The, the native ad integration, um, 
which is something I not just Reddit, but a lot of news-ish type of websites have you know really leaned into those uh, those ads that that don't quite look like your typical ad, and they could be you know could be news, it could be information, you know, but it's sponsored. <laughs> and uh, yeah, interesting. Um, another yeah. thing that I wanted to mention, we'll, and this is off topic here, but before we wrap it up, um, have you seen uh, LinkedIn stories now? I have not seen LinkedIn stories now, no. So, I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's on mobile only. Um, so if you're using it on your laptop, you would not see them. Um, but late last week, I saw somebody post about them. I checked out LinkedIn on my phone, and it's very much the same as Instagram uh, stories. So, you know, I'm like, all right, let me see what people are posting here. Let me see if there's any benefit to, for the podcast or for Silverback for us to use it. I'm like, let me see what this is all about. So I start, you know, paying attention to it. And, um, you know, most of the stories that I'm seeing are from, you know, the same people you see in your feed, you know, influencers and thought leaders. And it's all basically, you know, it's basically very the same stuff. Um, so I posted a story of, um, I think it was on Friday afternoon when I was on my back porch and my neighbor's having trees cut down for like two days straight, wood chipper nonstop for two days straight. So, you know, and so, you know, basically in my home office, listening to a wood chipper literally for two straight days. So the video was just me being like, this is so 2020, like stuck at home, my home office. I'm listening to this wood chipper for two days. And as I'm doing the video, the thing is like, you you can't even, I'm like yelling over the wood chipper. So I'm like, let me see what kind of views I get on this video, right? I got a ton of connections on LinkedIn. Let me see. And like in three days, I had like five views. So I'm like, what is the algorithm that LinkedIn, not three days, in one day, because it's only, it's just like Instagram. It's only up for a certain amount of time. So I have very few views. Now I'm like, okay, what's the algorithm in which they, you know, people, they show people your, your video, um, you know, also it's Friday night. So, you know, I feel like LinkedIn is probably like, I know I don't look at LinkedIn at all over the weekend. I, I like LinkedIn yeah. to me is business. Like I'm on LinkedIn. I feel like the usage drops, uh, it's, it drops a lot on the weekends. It seems yeah. like. So maybe that, you know, the fact that I posted it at like, it was like five, five thirty Eastern on Friday. Okay. It's not, LinkedIn isn't as busy, but I'm interested to see what the, um, what the, uh, what the interaction is like and what impressions and views are like. Uh, on LinkedIn stories going forward and what advantage there could be for um, this, probably not for dealers as much, but for brands or agencies in terms of business to business type stuff. I'm interested to see how that works out. It was kind of like a soft release. Like all of a sudden it was just there. Like I haven't really read any articles about it, but keep your eye open for that. Check it out on your cell phone. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll keep my eye open out for some news articles too about it. I haven't seen any, any feature release, you yeah. know, emails from, uh, from LinkedIn making a big deal about it. So maybe they're, maybe they're doing a little soft launch to see what kind of traction they get with it. But I do agree with you. It, it is a totally different audience from a, from a business clientele versus Instagram where people are wanting to tell their personal stories um, you know, and, and I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen comments, you know, when someone does get a little too personal on LinkedIn, you can usually see someone, uh, putting in the comments and saying, Hey man, that's not what this channel is for. Right. Yeah. So, right. uh, yep. it'll be interesting to see how a stories, which seems a little more personal is, yeah. uh, is going to play out. I was thinking that from just an internal agency, uh, perspective too. And, you know, other, other agency people who may be listening, you know, I know when we make our, 
um, you know, we construct our social posts for Silverback. The posts are different based on what social network they're on, right? Like LinkedIn is a little mm-hmm. bit more like formal, buttoned up. Yeah. You know, our Facebook stuff is a little more like loose. Our, you know, um, you know, Twitter stuff is a little bit more like shorthand, kind of, you know, free form. You know, if we're posting something, uh, you know, for like an executive of our company, it's much more like buttoned up and professional. And so we take that, you know, write five different versions of the copy for the correct social network. And like you said, is LinkedIn stories going to be like looser than LinkedIn in the feed? Because you're right. It is kind of that personal, like one on one, like my stuff on Instagram is Instagram stories is way less. I don't want to say family friendly, but it's way, it's more like, just like, okay, here's me. Like, and then like, if you're posting somewhere else, sometimes you got to like rein it in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Always thinking of the audience, right? Whether it's personal or business. Yeah. Is that's that the, that's the social world and the social sphere that we are in. Do people all think that though? Or do we think that because we're marketing people that we, cause I'm always thinking of the audience, but is that because we're in marketing or is, does everyone think that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I definitely uh, lean towards it's us because we're in marketing. So. Well, too, <laughs> I know plenty of people that I know plenty of people that don't think before typing. <laughs> That's funny though. I said, I'm thinking about now, like, like reading a resume, like at my last job. And then uh, I always search the person on the internet to see what was going on. And I look this person up and be like, is this person really going to apply for this job and then have this Facebook page? Like lock it down, man. So I guess not everyone does. But you got to think of the audience. Who's going to see it? Who do you want? Yep. Do, you, do you want people that you work with or people that prospective employers or clients to see X on this social network? And if you have to ask, the answer is probably no. You don't. That's right. <laughs> you probably don't. Like I, now that we're off on a social media tangent, like I have two Facebook accounts, which could be annoying, but. The reason I did it was because I didn't want all my friends to get annoyed with constant like, hey, look at this TV commercial we made for my client. Here's a, you know, here's some nerd talk about SEO. Here's my podcast and vice versa. I didn't want all my like coworkers to see 8,000 pictures of my children. So I created two uh, Facebook pages and one, I'm only friends with like all my like friends and family. And the other one is yeah. like coworkers. If clients try and find me on Facebook, that's the one that shows up. Um, and they, and they have separate, like, I'll think of a post and be like, okay, well this is meant for this, not this. Uh, so they're completely created with the audience in mind, which I think people should do. Yeah. I think people should do that. I think that'd be great if people did that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but <laughs> like here over here on this, on, on this profile, I'm going to be super annoying. So if you like this though, friend me over here, <laughs> like do it that way. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's, it's like making a different res- tailoring your resume to, uh, to the type of job that, you know, you're applying for. Right. And, and, you know, having different social profiles for all different sections <laughs> yeah. of your life. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Like you're segmenting. Yeah, this I mean, is my profile with my, my group of five besties. Yeah. And this is my profile for my family. Yeah. This is my profile <laughs> for work, you know, peers. Now that I think about it, I have two Twitter accounts too, though. Like I have my, a marketing Twitter account that is all like marketing stuff. And then I have like my Twitter account where it's mostly 100%, 99.99% 
trash talk about how awesome the Patriots are. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, podcast, silverback, advertising stuff. This discussion all goes on the marketing Twitter. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. All haters going to hate all goes on the personal Twitter. Yeah. Because the two aren't yeah, necessarily wanna, the same person. You don't want to mix those things. <laughs> they, they don't necessarily go together. <laughs> no, Exactly. You don't hear me. You don't hear me uh, trash talking my uh, Buffalo Bills family members on my work, <laughs> my work fat Facebook page. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, I hope this was useful for dealers in terms of going back the, to the display and and uh, and retargeting uh, discussion. I, um, you know, I think in some situations too. If you look, listen, you don't have to pay somebody to do all your marketing for you, but if you're going to do some of it yourself, and I'm not saying that this bike shop is doing stuff in house, but there's sometimes you're not going to think of everything. Right. And there's people who, you know, study are educated and spend all their time thinking about this one topic and that's their area of expertise. And sometimes it's hard to cover all that if that's just part of what you're doing. So if you're in a small business or, you know, a, a bike shop like this size bike shop, it's okay to ask for help from a friend or an advertising agency or somebody you know in the business because you don't, and the grand scheme of things is you want to be as efficient as possible with your advertising money because it's not a, no one has a limitless budget. I mean, nice if they yeah. did, but no one does. No, no one does. No one does. There's usually restraints on the budget piece of things. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining me, Shane. I appreciate it. For yeah, good talking. Good talking to you. Good story, and uh, hopefully we see, hopefully we see more bicycle advertising that uh, is dialed into their actual markets. I gotta go. I gotta go ice my knee now. It hurts from hitting the pedal. Another episode coming up. You know, whatever. Thank you. Bi weekly ish. Mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson is brought to you by. Wait, this guy has sponsors. Oh, never mind. This sheet of paper's blank. No sponsors. That makes more sense. For updates, info, future episodes, and more, follow on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and connect on Frackle. You guys made that last one up. That's not even a thing, Frackle. Come on.